Metroid fans, and welcome back to the Omega Metroid Podcast, your number one source for Metroid things, or not, but it's on a weekly basis, and thank you for joining us once again. We're here to talk about some Metroid, and I'm here once again with my man Doom, twice in a row, it's been two of us holding it down, uh, Andy unfortunately can't be with us here tonight, so... It is, uh, it's the, the, the nice, uh, Dak Doom duo, back at it again. Doom, how you doing? Oh, you know, pretty alright, Dak. Uh, you know, I just watched, uh, the new, uh, Beavis and Butthead movie that came to, a uh, Paramount Plus, and it was awesome. Mm. It's, uh, kind of sad that that's a better deal on Paramount Plus than the Halo show. It's kind of pathetic, actually, when you really think about it, but <laughs> nonetheless... Uh, this new Beavis and Butthead movie, it's fantastic. Um, if you're a fan of Beavis and Butthead, it's going to be right at home. Um, you know, I'm a huge Mike Judge fan, and, you know, he just always finds, somehow, despite the fact that these characters never change, always finds all of these new and hilarious, yet relevant scenarios to put these characters in, and it's just always a good time. And so, uh, definitely, uh, if you have Paramount+, Plus, and if you're a fan of Beavis and Butthead, absolutely, this is a must-see. And then also, uh, The Boys Season 3 is just absolutely insane. If, you, if you're already a Boys fan, you already know that, though. But uh, absolutely, gotta watch The Boys. This is one of those few shows that I'd actually recommend getting an Amazon Prime subscription just solely to watch the show, because it's honestly that good. But otherwise, um, you know, what? how are you doing, Dak? Any cool games or TV shows, movies that you've uh, had a chance to indulge in lately? Yeah, I wasn't expecting you to talk about uh, Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> so that was funny to hear that, because I feel like I haven't heard someone even say those names out loud in such a long time. But yeah, I did hear that that came out recently. I haven't gotten the chance to watch it, but I will certainly make some time. I'm just about wrapping up my rewatch of seasons one through four of Game of Thrones. I feel like I'm going to end at the end of season four, so I'm just nearly at the end of that season. and going to wrap things up after that. Um, definitely want to get into the boys because I started watching it when it first came out and I don't know why I just didn't stick with it, but now it's gone on several seasons. It can't be that bad. Everyone's been talking about it. And I'm like, you know what? I'll check it out. I'll put some time into it. Um, I have actually been watching other things on Amazon. I mean, not recently, but like Amazon prime video has like the expanse, which is one of my favorite shows in recent years. So that's something that I had been watching. Um, I would say you know, last year, later last year, earlier this year, and that's really good too. So another show worth watching on that platform as well. And then I'm also re-watching Stranger Things because the end of the current season, season four, will be dropping this weekend on, I believe, July 1st or July 2nd. So that's happening very, very soon. I'm a big Stranger Things fan. I'm currently re-watching that with a couple of friends. We, I believe we're somewhere in season two. Honestly, I'm not even sure if I'll be able to finish that rewatch by the time the new episodes come out, but I'm all up to date, so it's fine. So yeah, I'm really enjoying Stranger Things. Uh, really good show, and I thought season four has been pretty solid. So yeah, enjoying some Stranger Things, enjoying some Game of Thrones. Gotta get into the boys. Uh, yeah, that's that's where I'm at for, for shows. I'm trying to think of any... I mean, I saw Top Gun a couple weekends ago. That was pretty good. Have you seen that? I Yeah, you know what? I'm not really much of a Top Gun fan. I thought the first film was okay. I gotta say, though, man, I was blown away by Top Gun Maverick. That absolutely blew out my expectations completely. I had an absolute blast, and I personally... Um, I think this is an absolute must-see theatrical experience just for the sound design alone. That final act 
is so intense and um and well directed and i'm and again i'm not even a tom cruise fan like it like tom cruise is a person individual but just putting all that aside just as someone who loves film like i mean this is just absolutely a must-see for the summer tom cruise i think unequivocally is crazy Right, oh, without question, that. like, yeah. <laughs> dude is insane. <laughs> but, but I have to, I have to say, his the whole gig he's got going on, where he makes his own movies and he's the leading guy and he's perfect and he gets the girl and and he saves the day. He literally saves the day every like. He's got a good gig going on for him. I, I have to, I have to respect that in some way. Like he, he's figured out the formula, so for better or worse. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, these days when I go to the theaters, I really only see things in, in IMAX. So. You know, I saw Dune and IMAX, the uh, Batman, Spider-Man. I saw Doctor Strange. Obviously, I'm going to see Top Gun in IMAX as well. And yeah, that is a movie you have to see in theaters, I think. If you can see it in IMAX, definitely do so. Really well done, really well shot. It's exciting. It's, you know, it's a predictable movie. You're not really going to be, I think, surprised by anything. But I think that's fine. It's, it's very much a turn your brain off and just kind of enjoy the ride kind of movie. So I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Do I need to like rewatch it again immediately? Probably not, but everyone's seen it for good reason because it's a pretty enjoyable movie, and it's I think it just crossed like a billion dollars like worldwide or even more than that. I'm sure I'm way off. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a the crazy first amount film. Of money. Yeah, it's the first film in 2022 to hit a billion dollars, which is uh, which is a pretty cool, pretty cool mark to hit for sure. I think it's the highest grossing film of uh, of Cruz's career as well. So I'm sure uh, it is. He's uh, he's not sad about that. Yeah, and, and it does have a shirtless uh, boys on the beach, you know, guys on the beach kind of scene playing with the boys, you know, like that's that's there. And I would have been really, you know, I guess um, disappointed if it, if it wasn't if it wasn't in the movie. So got to yeah, have the fan service. Worth it. You got to have the fan service. Everyone wants that. So that was, I was and you know, what was crazy, too, is I, I think the movie came out at the end of mid or end of May. And when I went to go see it. I had, it had been about like a month, maybe like three weeks, four weeks into like it being in theaters and the theater was still packed. Like everyone's still seeing it. It's not one of those things where like everyone goes and sees it like only the first or second week. Like people are still f- packing in. There were very few seats at my viewing a couple weeks ago. So I wouldn't be surprised if that trend continues. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's not like a comic book film where like everyone wants to see it the first week and so they can get the spoilers out yeah. of the way. It's one of those movies that's like... Exactly. Keeping up its pace because of the word of mouth, which I think it's really cool because you don't see a lot of that anymore. No, I, I 100% agree. And yeah, I saw it on the 17th, so just under you know a week and a half ago, and it was it was pretty packed. But but enough about movies and TV. We've already already got the eight minute mark almost. I think <laughs> or close to it. And, almost like we're stalling. Um, <laughs> no, no. I mean, I hey, I I personally I don't know about you, but I like to kind of just you know get into it and ease into some metroid but it's always it's always good to see what everyone's into and see what everyone's uh, doing of course before we do jump into some metroid uh, if you if you live in the united states uh just a uh, horrible news really the past few days of uh, you know supreme court making an absolutely awful decision uh with roe vs wade and certainly keeping people who are affected by that which honestly really everyone is affected by that but certainly there are more so some than others and keeping those people not only in our thoughts but certainly finding ways to to be proactive and and see what we can do to help those people out so you know certainly support everyone that you you can who has you know reproductive needs you know supporting reproductive rights is important and we were happy to see that there was a lot of uh a positive response to our tweet that we had put out about that 
this is certainly a place for you if you are you know someone who supports and believes in reproductive rights if you don't get out because this is not the place for you so yeah that's that's how i feel on that and and unfortunately that's how things have gone and hopefully that will uh won't be a trend but we'll have to see these days you never know what's going to happen yeah, and unfortunately, like, um, unfortunately, this isn't the only decision as well. Obviously, this is like, you know, yes. the um, the overturning of the uh, Roe v. Wade precedent is the big news item, but there's been other things like um, states being able to uh, opt out of uh, giving out your Miranda rights. I heard that's kind of important, mm-hmm. so that's really unfortunate. And then in, um, Clarence Thomas, who was one of the uh, justices that voted to overturn it, in his majority opinion, uh, he basically also hinted that stuff like uh, gay marriage or um, uh, married couples being able to buy contraceptives um, and, you know, other stuff, you know, that I, a laundry list of items is also on the table to be overturned as well. So um, to put it in gamer terms, uh, we took an L and huh. a half this week. And um, that's really unfortunate. But, you know, we uh, we stand here at Omega Metroid with human rights. Yeah. And, and I think it's important to note, too, is that it it's it. it, it it might not end with this, but it also didn't start with this either. Like there has been a lot of, like you said, a lot of other decisions that have been made. They're certainly going to negatively impact a lot of the people that live in this country. And it's certainly, you know, mindful of that there are a lot of people that have been working against, you know, making, you know, against these horrible decisions for, for years now, if not longer. And it's been a long standing battle for many of these communities, especially the LGBTQ plus community. So uh, definitely something to keep in mind and, you know, be be mindful of, of everyone's path in life but also we do it our doing our best to to be mindful of that and and keep that uh, at the forefront of our minds because honestly I know that gaming can be a an escape for many people and certainly it is for us to some degree and at times but I think at times like these it's important to not disconnect and and detach yourself especially if you have the privilege to do so so uh, certainly something that we wanted to at least comment on and we're glad that we did both here and over the weekend and we'll uh, we'll, we'll see what happens next hopefully it's it's a, a positive change coming in the future like hopefully there are positive change coming in the future and not more like what we've just had so we'll, we'll, we'll keep tabs on that for sure and do our best to see what we can do to support those certainly directly affected and and otherwise, because like I said, this affects everybody. And I think when we c- kind of keep that into consideration that we're all in this together and it isn't just some people, you know, I mean, certainly, again, more people are affected than others, but it's important not to disconnect, important, especially if you are privileged to maybe not necessarily feel the effects of this immediately to keep in mind those who do and see what you can to support. Absolutely. And now and now that, that has been said, yes, now that that's been said, and I know, by the way, Andy 100% agrees with all of that. So if he wasn't, if he was here, he'd be reiterating, if not more so. And, and we're happy for that as well. Now to jump back into the world of Metroid, the world of games, which in all, I guess in all, uh, all things considered does not seem as, as important, but that's what we're here to talk about. So we will. We, it is now time. It is now time once again this week, this month, this half year, this year, it is time for Metroid Prime HD rumors. I feel like we've been we've been here so many times, Doom. It's happened again and again. Well, where... I think. Well, before we well before we talk about the rumors, I think there's a big piece of news that dropped that we got to talk about beforehand. Oh, I know, but I just I know we got to talk about it beforehand. But I just want uh, the main thing we're talking about today, of course, which is everyone's been talking about in the Metroid world, are the rumors that once again Metroid Prime remastered HD, whatever you want to call it is going to be dropping. We'll get to what you just mentioned in a second. 
But we're back in that. We're back in the cycle. We're back in the rumor cycle. The rumor mill is churning. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about some Metroid Prime rumors and, and seeing how we feel about that. But yes, yes, Doom. Go ahead. Uh, there is something we do have to talk about beforehand. We finally got the announcement. It's the announcement we've all been waiting for. You know, we wondered, oh, is it going to happen on the 15th? Is it going to be the 22nd? Is it just going to be a Xenoblade 3 Direct? No, we finally did it, guys. We got a Nintendo Direct Partner Showcase. And this yeah, is where the Seinfeld laugh track plays. <laughs> so by the time this episode comes out, that Mini Direct, the Partner Mini Direct, whatever they're calling it, will have already aired. So we're not going to be doing any predictions because they're not going to be... like the, the thing will have already happened by the time you listen to this. So that seems pretty moot. So that said, we're, we've now had two Directs announced... Without a main Nintendo Direct, we had the Xenoblade Three Direct. Did that happen already? That happened. Yeah, right? that was uh, yeah, that was that on happened. Wednesday. Yeah. Yes. So that happened. Obviously, as you can tell, I didn't watch it, <laughs> um, and I don't know if you did. I did not. I didn't. I didn't. Okay. So that's not. We're not. We're not the Omega Xenoblade podcast, so we're not going to be talking about that. But hey, if you are a big Xenoblade fan, if you're looking forward to Xenoblade Chronicles Three. I'm very happy for you. I hope that it was everything you wanted and more. And I know that game is very highly anticipated by many people out there. So I hope you enjoy it. But we're not going to be talking about that. And the Partner Direct, um, I mean, truthfully, we're probably going to get... I know we aren't going to do predictions, but we're probably going to get Mario Rabbids, Bayonetta, maybe. I, uh, you know, there's some leaks going around that I don't want to necessarily spoil anything. But again, this is going to be out already. It doesn't even matter. But I'm not expecting really too much from this. That said, I, I did discussed this a bit on the the discord earlier today where i do think it's nice that these exist right and again this is a thing where like if the if the main nintendo direct was already announced or already happened i wouldn't even really care and honestly truthfully i still don't really care because especially all things considered like we'll get a direct when we get it but coming from growing up with nintendo games especially from like the wii era or the gamecube era like nintendo's not hasn't been the main home for third party games right like if you're gonna play those kinds of games you play on your xbox your playstation or your pc or whatever it is and especially back in the day like you did not play third-party games on nintendo systems now that's shifted like there's better third-party support than i think there really ever has been for a nintendo console they're you know not only giving a lot of room for like triple a or like i don't know if double a is a term but like you know bigger third-party games but also indie games as well and, and showcasing them so i think it's important and i think it's great that that has changed over time that there has been a bigger and better home for third-party uh, games and developers and better support for them for nintendo system because really that has not been the case for majority of nintendo's lifetime yeah absolutely and kind of going off um going off you because i feel like you and i are pretty same in how we approach third-party titles where because I want my third-party titles to look, you know, as graphically glorious as possible. Rumble. And because I, like, almost never play in portable mode. I think the last time I actually used my Switch in portable mode was... I was playing Mario Odyssey on a plane trip, like, three or four years ago. But that's neither here nor there. Mm -hmm. And the point is, um, the Xbox is my third-party machine. I know for you it's primarily PC. And so, like, for us, that's, like, yep. where we're getting our, um, our third-party goodness. But, like you mentioned... There are a lot of Switch owners, you know, who do want third-party ports, whether it's just, you know, you know, just the fun of having, like, a non-traditional series on Nintendo Switch, like Doom, or, you know, whether they just want to take something on the go that they never would have been able to do before, like Skyrim, like, 
you know, and sure, you can do a Steam Deck with that for now, but it's more expensive, it's less entry level, and it's a lot bulkier too, so it's a lot less portable than Nintendo Switch, and so I still think it's really cool to see all these third parties coming to Switch, and I, th and I still think there's um, some cool announcements, you know, like we mentioned, Mario Plus Rabbids and Bayonetta 3, those are Switch exclusives that I've been personally really looking forward to, so, you know, I actually don't think that this... I know that in the past, you know, during the pandemic, during the dark times, those partner showcases were the bane of our existence, and while this certainly isn't going to live up to a traditional direct or even a direct mini, I still think that there is, um, I still think that there is going to be some good that comes from this, and perhaps even some hype announcements. Maybe this is where we finally get GoldenEye? I'm not, I'm not banking on it, but I yes. mean, it's, it's mm. technically third party, I'm, I'm just saying. I would, I would be super down for GoldenEye. I, I think it'd be a bit weird if it didn't show up at the xbox showcase we had a couple weeks ago but it did show up at this but hey the weirder things have happened so uh, personally i would love to see some new goldeneye and i would play it on the switch you know I, I i do mostly play my switch in docked mode but i i do bring it when i travel and i and i like to dabble here and there so more titles to play on that the better as long as they're running smoothly and not taking me out of the experience as a result of how it looks or how it runs I'm totally cool with it. But, I mean, there are a lot of people who might only own a Switch, right? Or they don't own, uh, you know, a PC or whatever it is, like, to, to play a third-party game. They, the Switch might be their only option. So, to have more of that support is definitely great. But, we'll find out what the Direct has in store for us tomorrow. By the time this episode comes out, it'll be tomorrow, if not after, but likely tomorrow. So, it'll already have had happen. But, as we're recording it now, it has not yet happened. So, we don't know what's going to be in store for us. I guess we'll find out. And if it's anything interesting, I'm sure we'll be talking about it in the Discord, so you can totally join us, especially if you're excited about something that has been announced. That said, I've gotten that out of the way. Mini Partner Direct. We're hoping for a main Direct. And we were talking about this a little bit before the show, but uh, what, what do you think this means for, you know, Directs and announcements for maybe the rest of the summer or rest of the year? Like, we haven't had an, you know, E3 season has kind of come and gone, right? Like, the Summer Games Fest is over. The, the main, you know, state of play, the Xbox showcase, all these things have happened and we have not gotten a main Nintendo Direct. So so what do you think? Like, what what's up with that, man? What, what's up with that? Well, yeah, it's quite a peculiar year. And, you know, as I mentioned before, this isn't like 2020 where, you know, the pandemic just started. Obviously, we're still in the pandemic, but it's not this brand new thing. It's this thing that we've adjusted to. You know, we have vaccines now, you know. You know, people are more used to going out in public. You know, we have systems in place to be able to manage all this now. So, you know, obviously that's not to say that there isn't an effect. You know, we still have supply shortages and stuff like that. It's obviously still affecting the world. But I don't necessarily think it's the pandemic that's causing this alteration in, in Nintendo's plans for um, lack, of a, lack of a better phrase. I think what is going on is a combination of Nintendo overplaying their hand early on and... Uh, delays, particularly with, you know, Breath of the Wild 2, which that was supposed to be Nintendo's big game this year. That was going to be the big game that was going to carry everything else. Nintendo wanted to do that this year, but, you know, obviously uh, that wasn't going to work out, and so they had to delay that, and I think that alone had a domino effect on the rest of Nintendo's schedule, and I think that is what's caused them to reshuffle this. And, um, you know, you look at a lot, of, um, a lot of the 2022 lineup and how far back some of it was released... Like uh, Splatoon 3, for example, which was, you know, introduced at the beginning of 2021. And something like that from, like, Sony would be, like, you know, or Microsoft, that would be, like, an average day. But Nintendo very rarely 
um, you know, apart, you know, apart from 2017 when the Switch was, you know, just a brand new product on the shelf, Nintendo usually doesn't like to release or um, give new info on titles that far out in advance. And they did that a lot with their 2022 lineup. And as a result, we knew most of that lineup coming in. And so I think, you know, I remember Andy and I were talking about this on an episode where it was just us. And we were wondering, like, what else could Nintendo have in store? Like, this year is already stacked. And now we know. Barely anything else to announce. As <laughs> well as anything. as well as some delays. And so I think, yeah, that's pretty much kind of what's happening. And as a result... Um, it's possible we might get a direct mini. Um, I know that's um, something that um, one of Jeff Scrub's predictions right now, which we'll talk about um, that later with the Metroid Prime rumors. Um, I also think it's possible we might just not get anything until the uh, September direct, um, whenever that happens. They, they might just roll everything out there, and um, you know we'll see what happens there. Dak, do you have any thoughts on all this? That's actually not a bad point. We could just get a September direct. You know, at this point, this is kind of like how Nintendo can really play things. Like, as much as people are up in arms for a Xenoblade Direct and they're sleeping because of a partner Direct and they're mad at Nintendo because their real Direct hasn't been announced, the second it is announced, they'll forget all about that previously. They'll forget about how mad or bored or indifferent or irritated or whatever it is they were about not getting a Direct. And they'll be like, oh, awesome, can't wait for this Direct, right? So there's really no, like almost pressure on nintendo i think really because when they have something to show they'll they'll show it like people are gonna it's not like people aren't gonna be excited to see it when it eventually pops out so it really the honest is on people to just kind of wait it's not really on them and that makes it interesting because yeah maybe they just don't show anything through the summer maybe they just wait until they're they've got everything on lock in september you know here's this 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 and for the rest of the year into the next year like and they just kind of throw it at us I could see that happening. I still could easily see them doing a direct in like July, right? Like we're we're so used to like the framework and structure of like E3 season and all these different things, but Nintendo plays by their own rules. They could easily decide to put out a direct next week or the week after, the week after that, right? Like there's no there's really no way to like predict what they're going to do cuz they never I think like sit still on what they're going to do it's it's always like unpredictable with them it's always something different and they're always kind of you know marching to the tune of their own the beat of their own drum so i at one hand i do think it is kind of likely that maybe they do wait maybe because they've like you said pulled the trigger a bit early on some things that now they're like you know what we're gonna really wait until we show stuff off and we're gonna you know have this ready to go not too long after the direct and we'll do a september direct and then we'll have so much to show and everyone will completely forget about it but i i don't know it would kind of suck to wait the entire summer and not hear anything else about all these games so i do think that we'll likely get something in july i, I really don't think that you know, I mean, they just had the Xenoblade Direct. Now they're doing another Direct. Maybe they do another Direct. You know, the things come in threes, man. That that's a, that's kind. Of, I know it's not a real thing, but like things come in threes, and I wouldn't be surprised if we get that that final big Direct for like this time of year. Not too, you know, not too far off. Maybe right, you know, maybe we hear an announcement for that right after this Direct. So who knows? But I would I wouldn't count them out. I wouldn't be surprised either way. Yeah, I'm certainly not counting out. I'm just listing like. The possibilities that seem the most likely to me and i feel like and and the thing is i don't think that if we do get something in july i don't think it's going to be like a traditional direct i think it will be more of a mini direct i don't think i don't think that mainline direct is going to be in september because that's typically when nintendo starts talking about their early 2023 plans i think that's when we're going to get 
the um, the Breath of the Wild two blowout in September. I think that'll be a big focus then. But you know, we'll we'll get there. You know, we'll get there when we get there. It's gonna happen eventually, cool. whether it's July or August. And uh, folks, we're Metroid fans. We have the patience of a saint. I think we can wait a couple more months. We really can. I mean, it's it's still been less than a year since Metroid Dread has come out. So it's for to wait a little bit more for Metroid news. I think I'm totally okay with. I think we kind of now that a you know Metroid has, game has come out and Dread has come out, like maybe we kind of take that for granted. And now we're like, oh, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? But we just had Dread come out. We just you know we're 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 still eating pretty good, and we we're pretty certain that we're gonna be getting a new game soon anyway. It's just kind of a matter of time when it really drops and when it gets announced, when it drops and all that. So, but speaking of which, let's go into the main thing we want to talk about here is all the news, all the rage, everyone's talking about it here today, and I wouldn't be surprised if they keep talking about it throughout the week, because once again, like I was talking about, Metroid Prime HD, Metroid Prime Remastered rumors are back in the news cycle. These articles need to get clicked, and what way better to get an article clicked on by putting an image of the Metroid Prime box art and putting Metroid Prime HD, Metroid Prime Remastered, coming out this time, coming out that time, coming out soon. It's here. It's on its way. It's in the works. It works every time. People click on it every time. And it's basically done. <laughs> and it's base. It's done. It's who you know. It's it's coming. It's coming soon. Like it's. I've seen so many of these articles. I actually wish we had like a tally of every day in which a Metroid Prime HD rumor had been like reported on because i feel like that tally has to be in the double digits now like and, and i'm not even just and that's not even including metroid prime trilogy being ported to the switch you even you add those numbers on you're definitely in the double digits so we we're here again but today we had a slightly you know i guess not slightly different but we've had it come back into the news cycle doom tell us a little bit about that what, what's everyone been talking about today so uh, Jeff Grubb, who's um, who's someone I've talked about on the podcast before, when you know inevitably talking about rumor talk, because yeah, it's as you mentioned, this isn't far from the first time that a Metroid Prime rumor has come up, but this one I think is really interesting. One because um, Jeff Grubb, for me personally, is a source that I trust. Um, I'm not saying I'm not saying that any of our viewers should necessarily trust one because. Um, you know, nobody has a 100% track record, you know, but the thing the when it, when it comes to like games leaks for me personally, where I start to get iffy is with like anonymous accounts and stuff where they have to hide their online personas. Um, mm -hmm. people, you know, someone like Jeff Grubb, who's someone that actually works in the industry, you know, he's a former, uh, venture beat reporter, uh, recently just moved like a week or two ago to a giant bomb, which is a very reputable outlet and, you know, and he has a very good track record on history. And um, I actually want to tally off, a, you know, just a few of those uh, recent uh, stuff that he knocked out of the park just to, like, give you a sense of, like, what he's gotten. So uh, going back last year, about a month before, about a month or two, maybe even two months before um, EA's, um, EA's little um, whatever their presentation is called. I can't remember. Um, but... He was, he was predicting that there was going to be a Dead Space reboot. Not a sequel. And this is very important because um, Dead Space fans, as you would know, 
Uh, if you've played the DLC for Dead Space 3, it ends on a major cliffhanger. And so if you're going to do a Dead Space rumor, you know, common sense would tell you like, oh, it's going to be finally going to be a sequel to Dead Space 3 resolving that cliffhanger Dead Space 4. No. Grubb was predicting from the beginning, no, this is from the ground up a reboot of the first game. And, you know, obviously we know a year later now, Dead Space reboot is coming out in March in 2023. But I believe it's March. It's, some, it's sometime early next year. But, um, but yeah. Let's go, let's go a bit more recent, though. So, uh, everyone knows that I'm a big Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order fan. You know, the game was an, uh, a very big uh, surprise hit for many players, including myself. And it was pretty much guaranteed that this game was going to get a sequel. Uh, just because of how successful it was and just, you know, how good the critic, critic scores were. Um, and so the game was announced, officially announced, even though we already knew it was being worked on, it was officially announced earlier this year, but much like Breath of the Wild 2, it wasn't given a title, but about a week before Star Wars Celebration, uh, you know, Jeff Grubb revealed that the full title of the game was going to be Star Wars Jedi Survivor, and lo and behold, that was the title of the game, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. But let's get, let's do one more. Let's get a little more crazier. A prediction that you'd have to be absolutely insane to get right. Um, let's talk about Andy's favorite announcement, or at least I believe it was his favorite announcement of the Microsoft Showcase, which technically wasn't the announcement of a specific game, but the potential of a specific game, because Jeff Grubb was talking about a Hideo Kojima Xbox exclusive that would be likely announced at the Microsoft Showcase, and lo and behold, they got Hideo on camera with Phil Spencer, they revealed that they're working on an exclusive project, we don't know what that exclusive project is going to be, but it's happening. And so, yeah, that's just a small sample. Again, I would encourage you to look at Jeff's track record, look at what he's done, and specifically look at his videos himself and not articles that are reporting on him. So that way you're getting the full extent of what he's saying and what, and not the, uh, the telephone game that can, you know, derive when you're, when you start reading articles. And so that's for me why I personally, you know, I have faith in Grubb. Again, doesn't mean that he's the gospel. I think he would agree with that, of you know, more than most people, in fact, you know. But I don't think he's doing it from a, um, a bad faith perspective. You know, he's not grifting for clout. You know, he's a guy that just genuinely loves his job and wants to report the news um, when he gets it. And so that's what I have to say on that. Dak, I don't know how familiar you are with, like... Um, you know all the leaks and stuff like that or even or even just Jeff Grubb and all that and if you have any thoughts that you want to add on that before we continue on well I was gonna say I, I personally I mean all right hold on let me back up there I was about to say I love leaks <laughs> but more so like I'm someone who just like I can't help but look them up so I'm always especially coming from the Smash Bros community where like that's a big part of speculation before a new Smash game comes out and getting involved in like what's been leaked and what's not like per like i love su surprises but sometimes it's just enough for me to know something's existing and i'm eventually going to play it and that's why i can't help myself to spoil myself on what's going to happen so i'm always excited about that stuff uh i don't know his entire track record but i do know you know i can not verify but i know you know i can confirm or at least agree with what you've just said like he's definitely been right on some things and that's kind of the nature of of leaks and, and really in any industry, right? Like you might have someone who has a really solid track record, maybe gets some things wrong here and there, but plans change, right? Like information might be given that conflicts with something else that 
maybe might become wrong because something changed over time and the information's old or whatever. But when you have someone who's gotten something right a few times consistently, like there's something to that. And like you said, it's not just like an anonymous account. It's not someone who's hiding behind, you know, a random profile picture. Like there's someone who's not putting their career on the line, but they're putting, they're attaching their name to it. And certainly would it be the biggest thing if they were wrong? Like would it ruin them? No, obviously not. But it's certainly something to say that you would, you know, kind of report on that with some kind of veracity when you have, you know, your name and face attached to it. So, you know, I, I still take it with a grain of salt. There have been leaks that I've read and seen that have been, I was 100% convinced that would be right, and they weren't, regardless of who was attached to them. So I always, you know, keep that in mind, but it's it's certainly worth noting because it's this is this whole news cycle on Metroid Prime HD and the remaster and the trilogy being ported and this and that have have been around for a while so it's not necessarily hard to like say Metroid Prime HD is coming this holiday because how many times we've we heard that before and it wasn't true this could very well be the same thing but it feels like the stars are starting to align a little bit here, and I'm I'm hopeful. I'm excited, and I do think there is something to Jeff Grubb specifically. Uh, I guess reporting on this, but at the same time, I, I don't I don't believe his track record is 100 percent either. Is that because mm -hmm. he's just been wrong, or because his information he got was wrong, or the information he got changed? Who knows? You know, when it comes with to leaking, it's you never know how that information how they got it or what had changed in between the time they got it and the time things get announced. So it's really something where you kind of just have to have faith, sometimes blind faith in them. But I do think it means something that someone of his stature and of his name would report on that. And it's obviously being corroborated by a bunch of different people. And and you had mentioned too, I think it's important to not just read a headline or read an article and be like, this is what they said. It's important to really go into what they literally said, what the person actually said on whatever video or podcast it was, and, and take their words verbatim and not just kind of what was paraphrased by a news outlet or an article headline or whatever it is. And I know you did that. You actually went back and, and listened and, and watched and listened to what he exactly said. So what, what, what did he exactly say on this matter? Yeah, so this was taken from a live stream that premiered at about... So this was actually premiered at 8, which is about the same time that Nintendo actually um, announced the uh, partner showcase, funny enough. But basically, mm -hmm. he talked about, based on what he's heard, what he thinks is um, what he thinks is kind of going on with the Summer Showcase. And again, this was more... This wasn't him making any definitive statements, you know, regarding all the, all the Summer Direct plans, but just more based mm -hmm. on what he's seen, where he is predicting things are going to go in that direction and uh, one of those things was potentially a july mini direct but of course we're here to talk about the metroid prime remaster uh as well as some other uh, potentially exciting news and i have some specific quotes from here um taken from the live stream that he said on the matter so first off specifically talking about metroid prime remaster he says quote I can say that I've been told that pretty definitively that Metroid Prime Remastered is going to be one of their big holiday games. In the past, this is something I heard was in the works. They have something happening with the game now. Now it's like I've been told that their plans are to release that game this holiday, I think almost certainly to line up with the 20th anniversary in November. So 
this isn't, um, you know, this is a very definitive claim right here. This is not ambiguous in the slightest. Jeff right here is saying Metroid Prime Remastered is happening this year and almost certainly going to be lining up with uh, the anniversary. And it's, it's supposed to be one of the big holiday titles. Kind of extrapolating from that, I would imagine the other big one is going to be the, uh, the Pokemon games, which I would assume also would come out in November. So mm-hmm. kind of going off that quote, do you have uh, maybe anything to add to that, Dak? Well, I mean, obviously, very excited about that. And if that is true that it would be going with the the anniversary, that means we'd be getting it November 18th, right? Like, we'd be getting it in November. It would be a holiday game. And this kind of lines up with what we've said. I mean, I've said this on the show before, is that I think we're going to get Metroid Prime 4 next year at the holiday next year, and Metroid Prime HD is going to be coming out this holiday. So that lines up perfectly with that. And it's interesting now that we've gone from it's in the works or whatever to like this is what they're doing this is definitely happening and it's going to be a big game for them and that's certainly very exciting for me because as much as we're big metroid prime fans here and a lot and it's a game that has been uh you know critically acclaimed it's still not a game that everyone's played right like it's it's <laughs> it's you know it's only sold so many millions of units like it didn't it's not a crazy sold game in the grand scheme of things so to have it ultimately re-released on the switch would be crazy especially in a remastered fashion but uh, this this sounds a lot more concrete to me yeah absolutely and you know and later i don't i didn't record a quote from this but i feel like we pretty much we've all assumed this from the rumor but grub here also specifically makes a point to note that this is just the first game that this release would only include metroid prime 1 not two and three, but we'll we'll talk about two and three um, in a sec. But what are we expecting from this remaster? Because personally, with the way that it's being described, this sounds not like a typical uh, Nintendo uh, port job. You know, we've seen recently with stuff like Super Mario 3D All-Stars or Skyward Sword HD, which while they are definitely upgrades, like if you compare them side by side with the original game's footage... They're definitely upgrades. And honestly, in the case of Super Mario Galaxy, like, I don't even think you need to do anything else. Like, just Mario Galaxy in 1080p is perfect as far as I'm concerned. But from the look, from how Metroid Prime Remastered is being described, this sounds like a very ambitious project. And I don't think this is going to be one of those, oh, it's going to look how you remember it looking. No, I think this is going to look close to, if not a modern Switch title. Uh, I know we were talking about in the Discord, but... And this is personally my own speculation, so this is not what Grub is saying, just to be very clear. This is my own personal speculation going off what he's saying, is I kind of created this little spectrum between Wind Waker HD and Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, where here's two examples of remastered games that kind of go above and beyond that typical Nintendo port job, with Xenoblade not quite looking like a modern game, but still very much looking far above the original, and then something like Wind Waker HD, which just straight up looks like a modern game. Even even today, almost 10 years later, that, that remake is absolutely phenomenal. And I personally think that Prime Remaster is going to fit somewhere on that spectrum. How close to Xenoblade or Wind Waker, though, that I'm not entirely sure on. What about you, Dak? Yeah, it's a hard one, because we did discuss this in the Discord previously, and I, and I kind of had my thoughts there where... The, you know, it, there might be a spectrum between those two games, but, like, obviously a big reason why Wind Waker can still look so 
good in the modern age because it was very stylized, right? It wasn't kind of trying to go for a more quote-unquote realistic look or not having a particular artistic style so it doesn't seem like it's so stuck in the time period it came out in. And then again, yeah, like Wind Waker HD came out 10 years ago, which is <laughs> wild to me, and it still looks great. But, you know, it, it's, again, very much because of its its style. Metroid Prime has a style to it, but it's not, like, artistically very stylistic in the way that we would think of a, a Wind Waker or something like that, where it has that, um, you know, cel-shaded look to it, and it doesn't necessarily feel like it's evoking of a particular time period. It could have come out now these days, right? Yeah, Prime is more... Prime, Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, because Prime is more of, like, a stylized realism, whereas Wind Waker is just, like, straight up, like, you know, cartoony. Exactly. Exactly, yeah. So my thing is is that, you know, this is why I didn't want a just a straight-up port of the trilogy to the Switch. Because as much as Metroid Prime, Metroid Prime 2, Metroid Prime 3 still look good, they're still GameCube and early, you know, GameCube Wii games. Like, they definitely look dated to an extent, especially with other offerings in the same genre in 2022 and, you know, in the 2020s, even in the, in the late 2010s, right? Like, there's so much advancement that's happened graphically for these types of games, just games overall, that to not get a full remaster graphically and visually for Metroid Prime, I think, would be a big miss. And we've discussed that on the show before. I, I think it'll be... A pretty substantial upgrade for Metroid Prime. I don't think it, I don't think it's just going to be an HD where it just it looks a little smoother, a little crisper, and it's in a better resolution. I do think that they're going to be going for new models, new effects. Like it's really going to look like a brand new game, and that's what I'm very excited about. That's really all I want from it, aside from having dual analog controls. Like I don't, you know, Andy's of the mind, and I hate to you know use his own words against him here, but or just you know, but this is what he said, so I'm quoting him. But like. He, you know, he wants, you know, maybe a new area, new content, uh, all that kind of stuff, like additions, bonuses to the game outside of an upgraded visual look and, and new controls. I personally don't need that. I think Metroid Prime is one of the best games ever, and really the only thing that holds it back as a game are the controls. Once you fix that, and then you give it a nice little, you know, polish, and you make it look better, introduce some new models, all that kind of stuff... If that's all you need. It looks perfect. Would I be welcome to a new area or a post-credits mission or anything like that? Absolutely. That would be incredible, but that would exceed my expectations. Expectations-wise, I think getting the visual overhaul and the new controls is what's critical and what's important. Not just for me as a Metroid Prime fan, but to bring in new players as well. Because the original controls, or even like... Just being limited to the motion controls of the trilogy, I don't think will make the game as accessible to new players as some might think. But I think having the ability to play with the regular dual analog controls or with the gyro, uh, you know, and maybe work in some some motion controls as an option as well is the best way to get people into it. And then making the game look beautiful, you know, eye catching, just awe inspiring, and really something that takes your breath away for a Switch game. That's what brings people in as well, as opposed to just porting the game over. So. I, and I think that also is a big reason why another reason why I feel that way is because of what Grubbit said where like this is there gonna be you know one of their big holiday games gonna you know line up with the 20th anniversary I don't think they would just do a, a port or just you know a kind of HD upgrade to it I really do think they're rebuilding the game from the ground up and we've said this on the show where like there were in a, in a previous rumor news cycle there was some talk of how, Either that or maybe one of the developers said this. I don't remember, but I remember we were talking about how like Metroid Prime HD or Remaster might even came to an in, came into existence by the Retro Studios team going back to Metroid Prime 
and working on Metroid Prime again as like a warm-up and test to eventually start working on Metroid Prime 4. And if that's the case, I would imagine that they really rebuilt the game from the ground up because otherwise what are they really, you know, just polishing the game I don't think is going to be very effective for them to really relearn how to do Metroid Prime again. But if they're rebuilding the game and they're creating a whole new thing, that to me would make more sense uh, for them using it as a means to get back into developing Metroid Prime and, and getting ready for Metroid Prime 4. So that's what, that's what I'm really hopeful for. I think that's how it's going to go. Well, going off that, not only would it make sense for them, but I think it also makes sense for, um, you know, for the Switch base as well, because, you know, Metroid Prime Remastered, this is a good way, you know, to give a taste of, like, what to expect from Metroid Prime 4, especially with, um, you know, these potential dual analog controls, because I, th I think we both agree that, you know, that that's going to be something that's very prominent both in this remake and Metroid Prime 4's standardized FPS controls, um, you know, mm -hmm. you know, for that are built that are built for like a regular controller. I, I do think there's also going to be motion controls, you know, implemented similar to, uh, you know, Prime Three and the Prime Trilogy as well. But I think it's going to yeah. focus on those dual analog controls, kind of like with what we saw with Skyward Sword HD. Yeah, I know. I 100% agree, and I think that's really important to go like start out with your heart like your biggest you know your strongest foot forward to reintroduce people to metroid prime like for, you know metroid prime is a completely different beast than metroid dread like metroid dread is is awesome and it's a great game and i think it has really revitalized the franchise in a great way and a lot of people really took to it but metroid prime i, I think is where we really start to see things shift for the franchise and you really start to see it become even more mainstream and i think that's important for them to have those upgraded visuals and make it look make it look really like a new modern game not just a remake or an hd you know upgrade but a new game so maybe we do get a little bit of new content a little bit of add-ons to it honestly i wouldn't be against it so i'm excited about that and i believe uh, grub also mentioned metroid prime 2 and 3 to an extent is that yes correct? yes so that's so that's the the next big part of this uh that uh that we can segue into now so so during the live stream uh, I wasn't. I was there um, well after it was recorded. You know, after all the articles were written up, so I pretty much knew what to expect. But if you were watching that live stream, you would have think mm -hmm. that that would be the big scoop. But there was more. Uh, so, Je so after that first quote I give, Jeff Grubb gives his personal thoughts and all that, and then he transitions into this next paragraph. And uh, again, this is quoted in context. So uh, this is some really interesting stuff right here. Quote. I think this begs the question, though, what about Metroid Prime 2 and 3? Well, the other scoop here is that those games are also coming. They're also pretty much done, it sounds like, but Nintendo being Nintendo is going to hold on to them and will likely drop them later along the road. However, Nintendo decides in what order to release their games, they're going to do that, but they're going to do it separately, it sounds like. And Metroid Prime 1, from my understanding, that it's going to be like a big remaster treatment and then Metroid Prime 2 and Metroid Prime 3 are probably getting updated controls and things like that, but they're not getting quite the same overhaul that Metroid Prime 1 is getting. So, Dak, my interpretation from that quote is, you know, pretty, uh, you know, pretty verbatim. Jeff Grubb is saying for sure 2 and 3 are coming eventually at some point. There isn't really a release window, but it sounds like sometime in the near future. That's just me building my own personal interpretations off that. And as, and very importantly, as Grub mentions, it doesn't sound like these two games 
are going to be getting quite the same visual overhauls as Prime 1, but we'll still be getting stuff like, uh, you know, those dual analog controls. And so I wanted to talk uh, a little bit about that. Or are you, were you going to yeah. say something? I'm just going to say I feel very vindicated because I feel like I've literally said this on the show before. Give me remastered Metroid Prime and then you can just give me updated controls and maybe a, a little bit of polish on, to, on 2 and 3 and, and we're good to go. So like this is this is what I've predicted on the show before. And now to hear him and read him, read him, wow, hear him say this and read that he has said this. I'm like, wow, that, that makes so much sense. And that's why I was thinking that because it does make sense to me. Like you don't need to – I personally, I don't think you need to remaster – I mean, obviously, it would be great if you remastered from the ground up all three games. But when you're trying to bring new people into the series, like not every casual gamer or even maybe even Metro fan, only the most diehard, dedicated Metro fans, I think, would play all three games. You want to give them a really good at least one game. And then the two and three would be a bonus, I think. And I also believe, and we talked about this on the show before, Metroid Prime 4, I think, might be more in line with like what Metroid Prime was, right? Even though it's likely going to be a sequel to 3, it, it feel like a, like thematically, maybe even aesthetically, will be in line with Metroid Prime. So it makes sense to remake Metroid Prime from the ground up and give it the biggest overhaul. But Metroid Prime 2 and Metroid Prime 3, I think that's an added bonus. I think that's icing on the cake. A lot of people, especially new Metroid fans, probably won't play all three. They probably just will play Metroid Prime and then wait for Metroid Prime 4. You don't want to necessarily overwhelm them with too many games, but still give them the option to get in on the entire trilogy so they understand what's happening and, and get the whole experience. It's obvious it's one of the best trilogies in gaming I've created of all time. But this makes so much sense to me, and this is, again, why I didn't want just the trilogy to get ported and all of them just to get, you know, a little bit updated controls and things like that. Give Metroid Prime that treatment. Obviously, yes, it would be ideal if all three did, but if we're not going to get all three, at least give it a one and then release two and three in some degree. Who knows? Maybe they'll add two and three to the Metroid Prime remaster as, like, free DLC, or maybe it'll be packed in with Metroid Prime 4. Like, you know, that that's all a possibility, so... I'm excited for this because, again, give me more Metroid Prime and 2 and 3 being on the Switch as well. And then we have four Metroid Prime games on the Switch. That's that's awesome. That sounds great to me. So you actually brought up something that I really want to talk about. And I'll, and I'll get into my thoughts on 2 and 3 in a second. But uh, from the perspective of new fans, you mentioned the potential of a trilogy overwhelming them. And uh, I was very curious about this as well. So I actually... I did a little... I don't want to say this is like a full like data doc, because by all means, it is It is not. This is not indicative of anything. These are just some interesting findings that I found and asked around about. But uh, it's mostly anecdotal evidence, mostly, mostly stuff like that. But... Uh, the first part of this is there's a there's a podcast I listen to um, called uh, Redir Redirect, and they're basically like mm -hmm. a Nintendo theme channel that talks about Nintendo news. And the two hosts on on there, uh, Metroid Dread is their very first Metroid game, so they're very casual fans. They're brand new to the series. They have no context um, other than Metroid Dread. Maybe maybe you know the first you know hour or two of maybe an occasional game here and there. And so I actually asked them on their most recent podcast about what their thoughts were on a Prime remaster versus a Prime trilogy, or if they would rather it just be the bare bones originals, or if they wanted them rebuilt from the ground up. And both of them were pretty much in agreement that they um, would prefer if this Prime remaster rumor was correct for the for the reason that you mentioned that as cool as three games would be, their backlogs are already insane, and adding exactly. one game is significantly less overwhelming than adding three games. And so while I'm sure. All of us Metroid fans, certainly myself, I would love to have all these titles bundled together. 
I do think that this is the smart marketing decision to make to just focus all of your energy on one title and let that title speak for itself, which considering how often this title appears in, you know, greatest games of all times list, I'm more than confident that it can do just that. And then something else that I wanted to look at as well. So this is only an this is an example of one specific remastered collection. Again, this isn't necessarily a pattern just because we're only looking at one other example, and there's also a bunch of other factors at play here, but uh, I am a Crash Bandicoot fan. I love the Crash Bandicoot series, and I was hyped in 2016 uh, when at Sony's press conference, they announced that Crash was coming back with the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. Uh, it released the following year in 2017. It was exclusive for the first year on PS4 before releasing on PC, Xbox, and Switch. Dak, do you want to know how much copies that this Insane Trilogy um, sold? Yeah, I would, I would love to know. How many? So, the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy sold 2 million copies in its first year alone. And keep in mind that it was a PS4 exclusive at the time. And after that, in its total, um, as of 2019, it sold 10 million copies. 10 million copies. Uh, that is absolutely insane, if you will. For um for a crash game for any game frankly, now, for me, as a crash fan, what I was even more hyped about was when Crash Bandicoot Four was announced. Finally, we were getting a brand new original crash game, and it was going back to the basic roots of that original Naughty Dog trilogy. And as someone who's played it now, I can honestly say that this is my personal favorite. You know, of the of the four games, Crash Bandicoot Four is by far my favorite of it. You know. Uh, I'm not going to get too much into that now, because while I personally was super hyped for Crash Bandicoot 4, Dak, do you want to know how much Crash Bandicoot 4 has sold to this day? Uh, yeah, yeah, let me know. How much? Well, Dak, we don't know, because Activision yeah. hasn't posted that sales data for Crash Bandicoot 4, but what we do know is that in okay. its first month... <laughs> In its first month, it sold 402,000 digital downloads. And that's and that's all we know about Crash Bandicoot's fourth sales data. So, while obviously we don't have any definitive proof going, I think it's safe to say that Crash Bandicoot 4 didn't quite live up to um, the sales expectations uh, that that trilogy set. And so, again... This is not indicative of every single game series that gets a remastered trilogy before getting a brand new entry. This is one example. It doesn't mean anything. But there is a precedent set there that after you, you know, give three, you know, you give three games in one package. And actually, in the case of Insane Trilogy, it was also $20 off, too. See, that that is important context to keep in mind. So the Insane Trilogy, three games for $40, Crash Bandicoot for one game for $60. Keep that in mind. But still, that's a significant, significant drop-off, uh, likely, in sales data. And so, you know, you especially, you keep that in context with Metroid, which, you know, Metroid was never as big as Crash was. Crash used to be a console mascot, you know, before it fell off and then kind yeah. of got a resurgence. Metroid, you know, the closest it's gotten to that was Metroid Prime, but even then, it was never... That one title was, like, a highlight of the GameCube, but Samus was never, like, the mascot of the GameCube. And so, right. yeah, that's just something that I wanted to point out in regards to that. And so I do think, ultimately, that this is the right decision to go, even though, again, I would personally prefer a trilogy. 
ultimately i think this is the right decision do these piecemeal one at a time space them out before metroid prime 4 and plus it you know it makes the wait for metroid prime 4 less daunting because every because every day you know we're checking our stopwatches you know waiting for the day we're going to see more footage but you know you you know you, you scooch some more metroid titles in there and obviously you know they're games we've played before but they look they look a little prettier and you know it's always a good um good excuse to uh bust out the nintendo switch and uh, revisit these titles uh, that you know some of us haven't even played in years, and so, and it's a good excuse for new to uh, newcomers to get that much more introduced in the series. Anyways, that yeah, was I a long. Oh yeah, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Anyways, yeah, I, I was just gonna. I was gonna say that was my long-winded rant. <laughs> yes. On all it that, I, I would like to hear your thoughts before I go and talk about my actual my actual thoughts on um on uh, how oh, those two Jesus. and three could go. Yeah, I want to hear your okay. actual thoughts on all that. Well, Sorry for the I, I just the great no, wall no, of man. text. I, I <laughs> no, it's good. I mean, I'm I'm as excited as you are for any kind of new Metroid Prime. But I think the salient point of what you're making is it's important not to oversaturate, right? Like if you you release Metroid Prime, you release Metroid Prime Two, you release Metroid Prime Three. No matter how good Metroid Prime Four is, people might be you know good on metroid prime right like they they've gotten three games do they need a fourth right especially people who might be uninitiated so i i think it is important to not necessarily oversaturate personally i think it would be smart if they release met and this is again going back to what i've said previously release metroid prime remastered this year holiday release metroid prime 4 next holiday and then maybe release two and three as like a free update maybe right after that right after like the initial big sales window comes out you make it a free update or something like that or or maybe you because I, I i'm hesitant to say like maybe release two and three as a free update to the remaster in between metroid prime metroid prime 4 because again oversaturation oversaturation but if you release it as maybe like a free update you know it's really only affecting people who already have metroid prime remaster right and maybe it gets people thinking about that again and maybe want to get into it. If they missed it, they're like, all right, well, now I have a good reason to jump in. But I'd be wary about oversaturating. Would it make sense to do like Metroid Prime release and Metroid Prime 4 and then 2 and 3? I don't know. That kind of sounds weird to me. But marketing-wise, it, it kind of makes sense if you want to avoid that oversaturation and not have that negatively affect Metroid Prime 4. I think what is most important is to get people back into it with Metroid Prime Remaster, and, and mostly not even get people back into it, but get people excited for Metroid Prime and be like, wow, I need more, I need more. And then instead of hitting them with 2 and 3, hit them with the big new release, the big new game Metroid Prime 4. So we'll, we'll see. I, I think that oversaturation point is, is very important, and I think that is going to absolutely affect when we actually see 2 and 3 eventually release. Yeah, for sure. Couldn't have said it better myself. And... Um... But yeah, I, I have I haven't had an opportunity to talk about two and three because I had to go on that long tangent about uh about Crash. Yes. But I, I really think I really want to drive home uh, really drive home that point though. But in regards to two and three, uh, with what you were talking about earlier, yeah, I totally agree. Prime one is the, of all the games, obviously Prime Prime one, it being the earliest title, it hasn't aged the best. It definitely could use, you know, more of the uh, remastered treatment. Two, I think, could still use some work, but. Even so, that game, despite only being two years after that first game, is such a leap in visual quality over that first game. You know, the textures are much clearer. You know, you have a lot less, you know, fuzzies and jagged lines and stuff like that. And the, overall, that game just looks so much cleaner, even on, you know, even on 480p, let alone when you upscale it to 1080. So, 
while I would like to get see that game at least get some texture work, you know, it's not the end of the world that does it. And then Prime 3, you know, I was talking about Mario Galaxy where, you know, on it where you literally just need to upscale that to 1080 and just hands off after that. And I and I agree the same thing with Prime 3 to an extent. Prime 3, I think most I think there are some changes that Prime 3 could use that are not necessarily visual related, but more under the under the hood. Like the only other visual improvement I would say Prime Three needs is maybe to reduce some of that bloom lighting, because I think it really um, it really fogs up and oversaturates what is otherwise um, a really beautiful art direction in that game. But I think the most if there was one thing that I think Prime Three absolutely has to have changed, aside from the dual analog controls, because I feel like that's a given. There's one thing that that game absolutely needs change. It's those loading times, man. Those loading oh, yeah. times in Prime 3 are so terrible. They disrupt the experience. And on, I'll be honest, you know, right now, like, I would give Prime 3, like, a B. You give that game to me in 1080p, and you um, remove all those loading times, and you have all the rooms just opening up almost instantly like that, I think that alone would put the game to an A- minus for me it's that huge of a change for me and so that's really you know of the improvements that two and three could use that's i think that's you know more important than any graphical improvements for either of those games I, i'm pretty with you there i think the only other thing i'd maybe change for prime three is ridley's model maybe um <laughs> i think his I, I mean omega ridley is probably is what it is though his animations are kind of goofy uh, I think it would be really cool if they just made him, like, in his meta Ridley form in the beginning of the game, just make him look like, I mean, I guess he wouldn't look identical, because, like, they had to, I don't know, rebuild him again or resuscitate him again after Metroid Prime, but, like, I think if he looked a little bit more in line with how he looked in the first Metroid Prime, that probably makes some sense to me. It's not a big thing, but I, I always remember that, or I think it's that one Donkey video, or, or someone would just, like, you're, like, fighting him, the Omega Ridley version, and he just has this goofy, like, standing there animation. And if they redid that boss battle, maybe his model a little bit, I would be probably okay with that. I'm, but I'm pretty sure that was Donkey. I vaguely remember that yeah, joke. Yeah, <laughs> I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, like, he's. it looks like he's, I don't know, there was, like, a video of him, like, oh, where, where he's, where he's clawing presents. the air, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, that. that's when, when I think of Ridley and Metro Prime 3, that's what my mind goes to. And I'd rather it not anymore. So I would totally be down with a, you know, a, a new version of that animation maybe or maybe that model a little bit it just looks so goofy to me but yeah i think really the the biggest thing would be to kind of smooth things out get rid of the the jagged lines you know get rid of some of that bloom obviously improve the loading times and and give me some dual analog controls that's what i care about the absolute most but yeah i don't i think ultimately i would again if you could remaster them entirely would be great but if not i think those are the important things to to target yeah, absolutely. And again, as I mentioned before, I think these will be great little, uh, great little breadcrumbs, uh, leading mm -hmm. us to the holy grail that is Metroid Prime Four. Which, I don't know. You know, I know you still think it's coming out in twenty twenty three. I'm, you know, that was my prediction for a long time. I'm not as sure about that anymore. I think there's a possibility we could be seeing this in twenty twenty four. But that is a discussion for another time. I, I'm willing, I mean, I'm not going to put money on it, but I, I'm still feeling very confident about a 2023, uh, 2023 release. I mean, that puts it, what, six years after it was originally announced? Three years or whatever, three, four years after it was rebooted? 
That's a lot of that's a lot of dang time. Like they they better have a game <laughs> ready to go, because by then I'm gonna be old. <laughs> I want some new Metroid Prime, 2024. I mean, you know, you you could very well be right, but and maybe I that's mean why Breath of the be- Breath of the Wild two has been if if it does actually come out like you know in 2023 that'll be six years since uh, the first game, and you know as far as we know that game didn't have like. A start from scratch reboot process two years in it might have though it, it might have but that but that since that game's released when was breath of the wild 2 announced mm-hmm. i'm i'm just like, i'm just saying though like you know it, it might be different circumstances at play no you're, you're definitely right as far as we know there wasn't a major change like that but it remains to be seen who knows maybe by the time we're recording the next episode of the show we'll have some additional details on what's happening with Metroid Prime HD, with a Metroid Prime Remaster, with the release of two and three potentially. Uh, Jeff Grubb apparently was also saying that we we might not, we probably won't hear about this tomorrow you know, by the time this episode comes out, which makes sense to partner, um, you know, kind of direct, which seems to imply third-party games. But but if you Google search Retro Studios on Google, it says Retro Studios, a Nintendo game development partner. So it wouldn't be incorrect to see a Retro Studios game there. I don't think it's going to happen. Though, well, they but... well, they specifically, <laughs> in, in Nintendo's tweet, they specifically mentioned that they're going to show third-party games in the Direct. They made, they made it very clear. Okay. I, as much as yeah. I would love, as much as I would love to see Samus just pile-drive that Direct out of nowhere, I think we're just going to wait a little bit longer. But it's just a little bit longer, Metroid fans. Well, but that's the thing i don't think it's i don't think it'll be that much longer until we hear some kind of metro prime news whatsoever but i think at this point we have said our piece and then some because we weren't even anticipating talking about it for this long but then we went on these really long like long-winded like (laughs) discussions and 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 monologues about metroid prime which y'all should really is, little... y'all should really play crash bandicoot 4 that game is wonderful (laughs) y'all it deserves more love (laughs) Yeah, there's there's a lot of great games out there. Crash Bandicoot certainly one of them, and hopefully a new Metroid Prime game will also join those ranks. But it remains to be seen. We'll see what happens with this mini direct. We'll see what happens with these these rumors. Will they just you know will they come true or will they go belly up like all the previous rumors? Uh, I guess we'll find out soon. But with that said, we've talked a bunch of Metroid Prime. We talked a bunch today. Man, like this is this is uh, clocking in a lot longer than I was expecting it to. And if you stuck with us this entire episode, well, congratulations. We really appreciate you for hanging out. And we appreciate you for being a fan of the podcast. Thank you so much for checking us out. We hope you enjoy the show. Hopefully we'll have Andy back soon to get the Dream Team all back together. It has literally been now over two months since I've done the show with, with Andy. And I thought it was going to be, you know... Actually, it's been longer than that, but I thought he was going to be back these past couple weeks. He hasn't been, unfortunately. That's why he's doing well. Dude, that's why we haven't gotten any Metroid announcements. You know, they're waiting for us to all to, <laughs> to get the band back us. together. That's true. They, I, and I appreciate that, that they respect us and want that for us. So I hope that's the case. They respect we'll the grind. We'll find out what's coming up. Yeah, they respect the grind for sure. Uh, I believe this will be episode 119, which is crazy. We started the show back in, in early... 2020 and look how far we've come but thank you so all all of you for checking us out thank you for listening if you're still sticking with us hope you uh enjoyed the show and have been enjoying the episodes recently and throughout the game or the show's timeline and the game's franchise timeline too 
You can check us out on Omega Metroid Pod on Twitter and, of course, all your favorite podcast platforms, which you've probably already found because you're listening to the show at the moment. We have a Discord channel. You can check us out there, which I believe, if I remember correctly, is... Uh, it, it's you can if you go to omega omegametroid.com which you totally should you'll be able to join the discord right there as well so make sure you check us out at omegametroid.com we're updating the site pretty much almost if not every weekday with metroid and metroidvania news fan creation news and so much more we just posted about you know the latest kiwi talks interview we've been posting about um all, you know recent metroidvania news Everything that's coming out recently. Uh, by the way, John Cena, a big Metroid fan, apparently, and is very excited and was very excited about Metroid Dread. How cool is that? I was talking about we. If we get a Metroid Direct, let's get John Cena on there. Let's, let's get a. Let's get a. Let's get this guy in there. But yeah, thank you all for tuning in. It's been a great uh, time chilling with y'all and talking some Metroid. Hope to talk to you next week. Hopefully we get some Metroid news soon. We hope you enjoy the Partner Direct, which will be out by the time this airs. Uh, tell a fan in, or tell a friend, maybe tell a fan too, but tell a friend in your life about Metroid, about OmegaMetroid.com, about the Omega Metroid podcast, and you can join us on Discord if you ever have any comments, some critiques, anything about the show, what you'd like to see us improve or talk about or, or whatever, and we always like to hear from you because, you know, we like talking Metroid and we, we like uh, having y'all listen, so thank you so much for coming through, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time on the Omega Metro Podcast. Have a good one. In any weather, I'm never better. Your boy's so hot, you never catch me in the next man's sweater. If they hate, let them hate. I drop your whole clan. Lay your ass down for the three seconds. Your time is up, my time is now. You can't see me, my time is now. It's the franchise where I'm shining now. You can't see me, my time is now. It's gonna be what it's gonna be. Five pounds of courage, buddy, base, ten pants with a gold tee. It's a war dance, a victory step. A raw stance is a gift, and you insist it's my rep. John Cena trademark, y'all are so so. And talk about the bread you make, but don't know the recipe for dodo. Aiming guns in all your photos, that's a no no. In this pop, your lip lock, your big talks are blatant no so. See what happens when the ice age melts. You see, monetary status is not what matters, but it helps. I'm rocking timepiece by Benny, if any. The same reason y'all could love me is the same reason y'all condemn me. A man's measured by the way that he thinks. Not Clothing lines, ice links, leather and minks. I spent 20 plus years seeking knowledge itself. So for now, Mark Breck is living life for wealth. Your time is up, my time is up.